Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Life Until Day. I'm Nicole. I'm apparently Rachel. Do we know this? No Fact? idea anymore. What's What day of the year is it? I don't know. Is I'm... it the 346th oh, no. of March? I have an onset of new confusion. Ah, <laughs> ah no. Has something else gone wrong in the world? Shine a light in my eyes. See if both my pupils dilate at the same time. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Ugh. Anyway, yeah. Oh. So... How are you anyway, mate? I'm fine. I'm okay. Just, you know, ticking along. You look like you're about to weep. Oh, God. I'm just thinking of the times ahead, the near future and the far future, which, which both fill me with dread. Yep. Um, I have to do all my Christmas shopping tomorrow. Oh, shit. Because the shops are shutting in two days. So I've got to do my... My, because I've got people in the U.S. to buy for, don't I? Oh, you were saying this, yeah. So I have to buy like really early, so I can send it off really early. So I got to go tomorrow when everybody's going to be stockpiling and panic buying. Oh fuck! And buy a bunch of Christmas presents, and I don't even—I'm not even thinking about Christmas yet. My Halloween decorations are still up. Mm. Yeah, but anyway, that's the breaks. So, right. I it's a good thing I like shopping. You really do like shopping. I do. Well, whatever gets you by. Yeah. At least it's not white drugs. Hmm. It's just green ones instead. All the green drugs. Green drugs? Yeah, notes. Notes. Remember those things you used to be able to use before infection control happened? What, money? Yeah. Like cash money? money. Dollars. Your cash money was never green, I was relating to your nationality. Oh. I was trying to be relational. It used to be green, but now it's all kinds of weird colours too. Oh, fuck. Just like yours, yeah. Okay. It's the one currency. <sighs> That's the mark of the beast, the sign of the apocalypse. One worldwide currency. Um, That's why a lot of people are afraid of the euro. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin <laughs> is no one's currency anymore. I hope it's invested in... Anyway, we're getting off on a tangent. Okay, anyway, so... And I don't know why we're getting off on a tangent, because this week's topic is... The best topic we've Ugh, ever done, the off. deepest and most meaningful topic, it is butts. Bottoms. Butts. Bottoms. Okay, bottoms is what your mum says when she's trying to be, like, polite and say, have you washed your bottom today? No. <laughs> it's butts, <laughs> as in... Sorry, can you do that Have you washed your bottom today? Have you washed your bottom today? <laughs> That's my British accent. Thank you. You sound like Mary Poppins. That's she's how a you. Stroke. That's how you all talk. It's the centuries of inbreeding that gives you that. Oh that fuck claim. you! <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about my most feared topic this week. You know, we spoke about fear. Well, you're not afraid of butts. No, but I've decided to talk about poo. Well, Which that's... comes from a butt because there was the most content available was, in relation okay, to so, mental health. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you let me choose the topic because automatically I'm going to be like, ha ha, let's do butts. <laughs> and it's like, for me, there's lots of butt related deaths I could talk about probably, but there's not, how, how do you talk about mental health and butts? I, it's sometimes I don't know how I pull it out the bag, Nicole. But or pull I do it out your butt. Pull it out my ass. I don't know how I pull it out my but... ass. Each week. Fucking child. Well, you're the one that's like bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even ask me how I am. How how's your butt? 
My butt is fine. Thank you very Good. much. Butts are great. You can sit on them. I have a really large butt. It's lovely, though. I used to work quite a lot of Zimbabweans mm-hmm. when I worked in a mental health inpatient unit. And but Zimbabwean men, especially, as I found within sort of that remit of job, quite I'm pleased with a rotund bottom. I think it's the trend now, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone wants Thank it. Thank fuck, because I've always ass. had one. It ain't going to change. There you go. So you're bang on trend right now. I am. Yeah. Both cheeks. Both cheeks clapping. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Haven't you heard that? Uh, I don't think I want to. I think I keep up with more butt-based rap music than you do. So Evidently. Okay. I'm, Evidently I'm so. lacking in that area. So how are you? Yeah. 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 So since the whole, you know, fucking Apocalypse Mark Two is kicking in, I've decided to take my son out of school because I think it's the most sensible choice for us. I can fully appreciate if there's people that have to send their kids to school because work, life, kids drive you nuts. But my ex-husband doesn't work because of illness. So he has very kindly offered to have little one for the next month during Aww, lockdown. Oh, you're going to miss him. Yep. But maybe this time it's not going to be for 12 weeks. Yeah. So, and we're just setting up four other mental health services mm-hmm. within the area that we're in. So they're going to need someone that can do all that malarkey. They're going to need a boss bitch. Yeah. With a big, beautiful ass. Thanks, mate. And that's going to be you. I'm going to have to do all the power dressing. Today, when I went out, I felt like fucking shit this morning. Like, honestly, proper weeping. So really? I got in the bath, sorted my shit out, washed my hair, and put on about a layer of makeup that was an inch thick. Yeah. You got, you're got you wearing a dress today. I know. I proper dre- I power dressed. I emotionally power dressed. I'm glad you dressed mm-hmm. for this podcast episode about butts. Thanks, babe. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I'm talking about shit. Uh, okay. For at least the next 20 minutes. And so... that's relevant to the topic because poop comes out of the butt. This is well done. <laughs> I know. See, I learned this. In... All those two years of nursing school. Yeah, yeah. That's now, see, we. Yeah, the second year, the first year, we talked about poop. The second year, we talked about the butt. This is what happens the when you don't have to year... worry about paying back student finance, isn't it? <laughs> Look at the government bursary. Look at the intelligence that's here right now. The third year is when we combine the poop and the butt, and that's how we learn that when two butts love each other very much, then they create a poop. I think that's how it works. <sighs> <laughs> See, if I go on and do my master's, then we learn about the penis and vagina. Oh, I think you're already there, my friend. (laughs) 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 Tristan. Um, So, yes, today I'm going to be speaking about poo. Poo. So, if I'm weeping and vomiting at the same time (laughs) over the mic, then, then this is for you, dear listener. This is for you. Relational podcasting. Yeah. Okay, so let's do this. I hate my choices. So, is your poo emotionally disturbed? This is by Christina Heister by womenshealthmagazine.com on the 30th of June 2015. And there is also an article (laughs) called What Does Your Poo Have to Do With Your Mental Health? And that's by Claudia Smith on claudiasmithwellbeing.com 
Hi, Claudia. Um, from the 17th of June 2020. So that's a relevant one. Might hit Claudia up on Insta and be like, thanks for talking about shit for 20 minutes. So Claudia says, the mental health benefits of receiving a healthy person's poo. Oh. No, like in the post? Receive the poo. Does Yodel deliver it? <laughs> Of course, they'd probably throw it over your fucking fence and then not tell you about it. <laughs> oh, fuck. Sorry. Right. No, no. In all seriousness, if anyone from Yodel is listening, you are the worst package delivery service <laughs> ever. ever. And that's saying a lot when Hermes exists as well. So, back on to shit. Um... <laughs> So this, in the study that was published in 2018, 17 patients that either suffered from IBS, chronic constipation or chronic diarrhoea received a faecal microbiotic uh, transplant. So received some poo from someone else. Mm -hmm. So she asked, what's that? It's literally the process of giving bacteria to other and other microbes from the stool of a healthy individual to someone else. <laughs> the donor store is simply infused, infused into a large, into a recipient's large intestine. Funny, hey? Wait, infused like a tea or a, like like nice Tetley's candle? Tetley's, or? you know, deluxe blend. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I want to say, how do you become a poop donor? Uh. Like, because I've been donating my poo to <laughs> several conservative clubs around the country, and yet. They don't find it helpful, and they don't want it. So I think I just need to find out the right address. Oh. I haven't really been doing that, by the way. She says, it turns out within the study, 12 out of the 17 patients experienced significant improvements in their depression, anxiety, and sleep symptoms. And this was regardless of any gastrointestinal symptoms changes. So, from 12 out of these 17 people, their mental health improved after receiving some poo-poo um, from healthy individuals, and that's remarkable. Okay, I, sorry to interrupt again, but I want to say a study with 17 people in it yeah. is a shit study, and not just because it's about shit. Just I, I, I just need to get this out of the way. Okay. okay. Poop. She says, that's remarkable. And by the way... It's known that people with depression have tend to have lower microbial diversity than people not suffering with depression. That is really interesting, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know about this stuff. I just refuse to believe it exists. Like um, what poop? Like those people do with do coronavirus. Just, when you have to go to the toilet, do you just put your hand over? Your I pretend I'm shitting magic. You close your eyes and go la 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 Pretty la. Much. Okay. I have podcasts on so loud I can't actually hear myself shit, and no one else can. In space, no one can hear you shit. In Rachel's toilet, she does not shit; <laughs> she passes magic. Um, so why your poo and mental health are linked? If you're constipated, there's a risk of reabsorbing your toxins into your circulation that should have been excreted. An overburden of toxins in the body is implicated in many conditions, including mental health. If you're constipated and your stools are difficult to pass, it can give you so much valuable information about your diet and water intake. Don't dismiss it. Your bowels and yes, your mental health might benefit from a change of diet. I actually looked after someone um, on a psychiatric intensive care unit that, Lord bless him, he hadn't gone for a shit for about 10 days. Uh. And he had psychosis. 
I don't know. I mean, I like credibly, I can't say whether it caused psychosis, but it certainly didn't make it better. It's understandable. When I worked in the care home, a lot of times, you know, if folks were acting a little bit stranger than they usually would, you know, the first thing would be like, do they have UTI? Yeah, do they have a UTI? Do they have? But one of the things that you consider was, are they constipated? Do Mm. they need this shit? Like, that's it. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean any imbalance in the body has the potential to of course affect the brain this is making me sad um (laughs) this study showed that the prevalence of mood and anxiety disorders in constipated people is much higher than in the general population if you're suffering from runny and perhaps even explosive diarrhea it's an indication of inflammation in your gut and those inflammatory markers can be affecting your brain too Particularly with diarrhoea, there's a risk of nutrient malabsorbency because your body might be struggling to absorb nutrients from the food efficiently. So nutrient uh, deficiencies are hugely linked to mental health problems such as depression. And I think this might also be correlation rather than causation at times Mm. because obviously people with who are disadvantaged um, are going to have a worse diet. They're yep. going to eat more processed foods. They're not going to have as much fresh fruit and vegetables, not as much fiber. Um, so they are going to be constipated anyway. And of course, people on you know that social scale are also more likely to have untreated mental health problems. Mm. So the constipation isn't helping, but you know a lot of times I can see how it'd be easy to spot somebody who may might have those kind of yeah and maybe you know like just look at them and go you need to shit don't yeah. you you need to shit real bad you need to poop and we don't talk as a society how often you should be pooping how often do you poop well, at least once a day yeah me too yeah i'm I glad I we probably, share that i probably poop too much i think i probably told you more about my vagina than i have how much i shit yeah i think i'm probably okay with that <sighs> This fascinating 12-year study with 1,002 people showed that there's a bi-directional relationship between chronic gut problems and anxiety. It showed two things. People with anxiety have a much higher risk of developing chronic gut issues later on. But it also showed that those people who first had chronic gut issues uh, with no anxiety to start with had a higher risk of developing anxiety later on. I mean, this makes sense. It just makes sense. You know, you're anxious. You're always fearful. You can I'm anxious yourself, and fearful now. You can give yourself ulcers. And then also, if you have chronic gut issues, you know, you're going to be anxious about eating. You're going to be anxious mm. about, you know, when is when is my gut going to, like, fucking kill me with pain next? Mm. You know, and you're always going to be living with that, like, oh, am I going to be wrapped with pain tonight? Or am I going to be like, okay. So, yeah, I can totally see this. And I got to say, a 12-year study, I appreciate that a lot more than a study with 17 people in it. <laughs> yep. So there's a really important message here. We can improve our mental health by focusing on our poo. Uh, no, gut health. <laughs> Just as How we can. Try... Do we need to get to the poo? <sighs> Just as we can try and reduce our um, reduce, for example, our nervous stomach by reducing stress levels. So there's a big world of microbiotica. A big, big world. All the microbes, small, <laughs> in tiny. All the microbes that reside within your gut and your poop, poop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the article did not say poop, poop. <laughs> I want to I make the record clear. I'm the just article gonna... did not say poop, poop. 
so much to do with your overall mental health than we realise. A fascinating... Why do they use fascinating with, with <laughs> shit so much? I know! Like... So a fascinating area of research, and no doubt there'll be more on this topic soon. I can't fucking wait. <laughs> and I want to point out now that there is a stock photo that Rachel helpfully inserted of somebody's legs who is sitting on the toilet. And her, her ankles are slightly bent in and her knees are together, so that might indicate she's straining. Well, she's barefoot, so I think this is to appeal to the foot fetish people. And she's got red toenails. And they're like... Slight bit of ginger hair floating yeah, over her yeah. knee as well. Might she's, be pubes. Okay, the thing that I'm like, what? Is she's holding a toilet roll, but she's holding like a single piece with the rest of it flowing out of her hand and touching the floor. The floor by the shitter. That's Who the no does go. that? Nobody holds their... You scrunch up the toilet roll. Exactly, you scrunch it. and you if, fold it, you as, scrunch it. Especially if you're like in a club or, you know, like a communal space, which I'm guessing she might not be. Yeah, you don't ever do that. No second Ikea bathroom. Maybe she's in Ikea. I don't think I'd want shit in Ikea. Mm. Well, anyway, whoever you are who took this stock photo, nobody holds a toilet roll like that. Just, Fake news. I know. I'm angry now. So we'll Maybe move on I to the next. <laughs> Maybe you just need to shit. So we'll move on to the next section of this fascinating story. <laughs> So, you probably wouldn't think that what's going on in your tummy has anything to do with what you feel emotionally right. Well, actually, I would think that. I would I've heard the article before this one. (laughs) (laughs) But lots of recent research suggests that there's a connection between your gut and your mind. In fact, a recent New York Times magazine article highlights the the work of one scientist who's been looking at this link for the last 30 years. What a fucking great job. And in 2014, that research, Mark Light, PhD, received a grant from the National Institute of Mental Health to study this connection further. He got a grant to study shit. <laughs> you ain't doing shit. Well, actually, grant. I am, sir. I yes. am. Yes. Can you? Oh, I put that at the top of my LinkedIn bio. Just that. I got a grant to study shit. <laughs> Beautiful. So, in this article, writer Peter Audrey Smith describes how light describes how light was examining monkey poop when he visited the scientist in his lab six months ago. Light's interest were not not in the feces per se, but in the hidden form of life they harbour. Wrote Smith. Light then sure. says, <laughs> "Oh, I'm not. I'm not actually interested in the poop." It's the hidden life inside of the poop. Can you imagine this guy? Well, inside someone's septic tank wanking off. Yeah, he's like, no, 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 I don't like the poop. Don't, I'm just because I'm naked and examining this poop. Uh, No, I'm the hidden world. I can just imagine with like a pith helmet on No, Nicole, just just shut the fuck up. Like, stop it. Like a crazy scientist from like Jurassic Park, except it's (gasps) all poop. Let's stop this. So, <laughs> Lightman says, you wouldn't believe what we're extracting out of poop. No, you say it in a like, crazy scientist voice. Lightman said, you you wouldn't believe what we're extracting out of poop. <laughs> you have to like... You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Shaking <laughs> hands. The aliens guy looking from that manic. meme. Alien. Alien poop. <laughs> <laughs> Explaining that bacteria in the gut um, make the same chemicals, dopamine and serotonin, that are made in the brain. This is interesting shit. Whilst this research, Fascinating. <laughs> whilst this research was done on animals, many expert belie- experts believe that there's a link between the gut and the minds of humans. 
I think there's a strong connection between the mind, mood and the gut. Eric E. Mullen, MD, Associate Professor of the Medicine of Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine and the author of The Gut Balance Revolution, Boost your metabolism, restore your inner ecology, and lose weight for good. Oh, good. It's a weight loss. Somebody selling a weight loss book has to tell me about science. Great. <laughs> Yay. I love this. Uh, Molly said that through the work of the Human Genome Project in, two, in the 2000s, scientists learned that guts have more than 1,000 different types of bacteria in them. In fact, there are more bacterial cells in humans than there are human cells. Is that real? Are there really more bacteria cells than human cells? Because literally everything in our body is made of cells. Yeah. Hold on, I'm fact-checking. Continue. So these bacteria play a very large role in terms of making products that humans can't make. So particular forms of bacteria are thought to be pretty beneficial, have beneficial effects, whilst there are certainly many bacteria that we do have to worry about and they cause infections or harmful effects. So what does this actually have to do with your mental state? Dopamine is associated with the pleasure centre of the brain. Thank the Lord. That's the one I'm not feeling at the moment. While serotonin helps regulate your mood, which is the one that I lack generally. So the two chemicals in particular are often used to help treat anxiety and depression. Many people with gastrointestinal issues also deal with both. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association for America, people who seek treatment for irritable bowel syndrome... About 50 to 90% are also dealing with mental health issues like depression or anxiety. So could balancing the bacteria in the gut provide any help for mental health issues? In addition to the gastrointestinal disorders, possibly. There's definitely an interesting study around this, says Chen, when we're seeing that chemicals like dopamine and serotonin may also be altered by the gut bacteria. So again, it's trying to make a connection between bacteria in the gut and our moods and feelings, not just the gastrointestinal symptoms. So in a study published in 2014 in the journal Pharmacology, researchers found that taking probiotics might have anti-anxiety effects. Probiotics perform sorry, promote the growth of beneficial microorganisms in the intestines. So out of 45 participants, 23 of whom were women, which I don't know why that makes any fucking difference, those who took the probiotic supplement paid less attention to the negative information and more attention to the positive information than those who took the placebo. What? What the fuck is Have you ever taken probiotics? I've had the probiotic yogurt stuff. Not like the pills. No. Oh, man. Well, first of all, they're fucking expensive. Second of all... They make your shit stink like nothing else. Really? Oh, my God. Oh. I'm like, this is not worth it. <clears throat> this wouldn't okay, fit so, with my discreet pooping. No. So fact-checking from the journal PLOS Biology, which is a peer-reviewed scientific plop journal. Biology? PLOS. Oh, PLOS. Yes. I don't know what the PLOS is for. I tried to look that up. But anyway. So... Apparently, there's a widely cited myth that there, if the ratio of bacteria to human cells in the body is 10 to 1, which is a bit insane. It is not that. But in the average 70 kilogram reference man, the weight or the total number of bacteria is estimated to be 3.8 times 10 to the 13th power. So a hell of a lot. And the number of human cells are estimated to be 3.0 times 10 to the 13th power. Fascinating. So there are indeed more bacteria 
estimated, because they haven't actually sat and counted every single cell, believe it or not, in a body. Did you know that the total mass of the bacteria in our body, if you scrape them all together and put them on a scale, is 0.2 kilograms? Fuck on. That's quite a lot, actually. <laughs> 200 grams of, you know, wait, is that 200 grams? Made of yeah, 200 grams made of, of bacteria. Ew. Wit rose. Oh, when you put them all together like that, it's horrible. Oof. All right, moving on. So participants who took the probiotic supplements also had lower levels of cortisone, which is the hormone that causes stress. So there's certainly a lot of interest about how patients and physicians who are really eager to try these therapy, therapies might feel if they had less side effects compared to traditional medicines. People think that there may have advances, but it's not to say that the approach is can't be done with caution. So we tend to generalise that there's going to be a magic pill for everything and there just might not be. It's not, definitely not a magic probiotic pill unless <laughs> magic to you is smelly poop. So the bottom line... This line of research is super fascinating. Fucking fascinating! <laughs> this is a different article! Oh! And they use the word fascinating. What? And then in brackets, seriously, who wouldn't ever have thought that your poop, might, your brain might be related in this way? Well, I would have, because I just heard Rachel read the first article. But it's still in its early stages, and more needs to be done to determine whether or not depression and anxiety can be alleviated by fixing issues in the gut. That to be said, there's something that the doctors might hope will amount to something in the future. And we're done, and I'm going off to weep and cry and shit at the same time. I... Of course, fixing your gut issues is not going to cure your depression. It no, is, but I've got to but say, I think it does have some kind all of validity. part of the holistic yes. picture. Yes. So you're not going to get well just by taking drugs. You're not going to well, get well just from therapy. You're not going to get well just from taking probiotics. But maybe... I forgot to say to you, throw it in there. hashtag Maureen rang me back. Wow, your therapist didn't yeah. diss you. Oh, yay. Throw me in the shit. Um, oh. No, she was, because she went on holiday, she went to Turkey, and then Boris, Lord Boris, he changed the rules, so she had quarantine two weeks. Oh. So apparently Maureen just got really fucked up on champagne for a couple of weeks. Nice. Well That's done, Maureen. Good. But yes, no, she's spoken. We're going to have a chat tomorrow. So. Yay. Oh, good. Yeah. Aww. Aww. Yay. So I just want to say that I do believe strongly that the mind and poop are linked because I've known many an individual with their heads up their asses. Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> classics. So you talked about poop, which technically isn't a butt. Comes <laughs> out of a butt. We learned that in third year nursing <laughs> school as well. Poop is not a butt. Well. Um, yeah, thanks. So I'm going to take us back to the ass. To the ass? Back, back that ass up. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about black market bottoms. <gasps> People have to buy their bums in. Oh, yes. And it can go horribly wrong. Mine is just genetic. So I'm talking about the death of, and prepare yourself for this name, Lesbia Ayala. <laughs> I already prepared you before this podcast, so you're Probably. not laughing. I think she went by Leslie. I saw an article I where... I should fucking hope so. Yeah, I don't think I'd go by Lesbia. Unless I was, like, literally a Greek lesbian, and I was, like, embracing that. Yeah. That, totally. So, 
Leslie, I'll say, was a grandmother. But she looks quite... I've got a she picture of good. her. She's good. Yeah, she's the, one of the best-looking grandmas i ever seen, ah. let me tell you. So, I'll just read this brief news article about what happened to Leslie in 2018 from the Philly Voice. Philly woman's death in Bronx from butt injections ruled homicide. The death of a Philadelphia woman who received a butt injection from an unlicensed provider in the Bronx this past summer has been ruled a homicide, prosecutors said. Lesbia Ayala, 48. That's a young grandma. That's like a Weston Supermare age grandma, yeah? (gasps) I found the best meme about Weston Supermare. I'll share it on the socials. I mean, I just made a Weston joke. Weston I'm not even girls, from here. Weston I've been to Weston girls. once, maybe twice. To we need the beach, yeah. Once when you go, once when you leave. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Leslie, who was 48, died in June in 2018 after undergoing the risky cosmetic procedure at a friend's home on Seward Avenue in the borough's Castle Hill neighborhood, according to the New York Daily News. While recovering from the injection. Leslie went into cardiac arrest. She was rushed to Jacoby Hospital but did not survive. Dangerous black market procedures to enhance the breasts and buttocks have proven deadly over the past several years. In February 2011, 20-year-old British dancer flew to Philadelphia. So someone from this country flew to Philadelphia to receive liquid silicone injections from... (laughs) Padge Victoria Winslow, the 46-year-old woman who became infamously known as the Black Madam. The Black Madam had been performing the procedure illegally since 1995 and was sentenced to 10 to 20 years in prison in 2015. Wow. She ain't going to save her ass now, is she? No. I just made a good joke you didn't notice. Uh Uh-huh. 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 Butt enhancement procedures have skyrocketed in the recent years, tempting many to avoid the fees of certified physicians in favor of black market providers who often charge just a few thousand dollars. That's still a lot of money. Mm. But gosh, how much is it like to go to actually somebody that isn't going to kill you? But there's even there's still risk when you go to somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, less of a risk. Any procedure has risk. Yeah, but still... Fat grafting and silicone implants, the preferred method recommended by certified oh. providers, can cost $20,000 or more. I just Fat answered my own question. grafting. Fat grafting. So, yeah, it's like oh. the Brazilian butt lift where they, they don't actually lift anything. They take fat from your waist. This is like what all the Kardashians get, like, as soon as they hit 15. They take all the <laughs> fat from your waist and then they stick it in your ass. So you have, like, a tiny, tiny waist. And then your hips and your ass are fucking like you're wearing a full diaper. And then your legs are like normal size because they don't bother to do like the legs. So you just have like a bumblebee butt, basically. And fairness, that picture that I shared of me that was like naked, stretched, well, not naked, the back half. You uh-huh. can't see any crack or uh-huh. anything. But, but you've got that naturally. I was going to say, but your legs can... match the butt. Yes. That's how you definitely. can tell it's natural. Thunder when you look at like Kim Kardashian and Khloe Kardashian, their legs, legs are like, yeah, they've got little skinny legs under a huge ass. And it's like, okay. And they're like, oh, I just did like a bunch of squats. And it's like, no. Oh, fuck off, Kim. No, you fucking didn't. I mean, they do work out a lot. Don't get me wrong. And they don't eat anything. But they've also had a lot of surgery. Mm. So, 
Injectable silicone presents a wide range of short and long-term complications, which I'll talk more about in a minute, from heightened risks of stroke to inflammatory responses as silicone oil migrates to other parts of the body. In addition to warnings from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, public figures, including rapper Cardi B., have urged fans to avoid getting cosmetic procedures done by unlicensed black market providers. So Cardi B, before she was famous, she was a stripper, right? Yep. You know Cardi B. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wop. 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 Anyway, she she was a stripper and she noticed that all her fellow stripper friends who had big asses were getting more tips. So she's like, I want a big ass. And so she went to like this black market provider and she got um like injections in a basement somewhere in Queens. And she said they leaked for five days. Oh. Like fuck. silicone just leaking at you. Ugh. So, at the time of that article um, that was written about Leslie, prosecutors had not yet identified or announced charges against the provider of Leslie's injections. And I tried looking up to see what had happened, and it seems like after the initial, like, ha-ha, she died of butt surgery, like, no there wasn't anything. Yeah. yeah. Which is really sad. So, and I'll talk a little bit about the kind of people that are usually the victims of these things. So... What happened to Leslie then? Well, she died of something called silicone emboli syndrome. So an embolus is basically anything. Usually it's a blood clot. Mm. I mean, you've heard of, you know, a deep vein thrombosis, yep. for example. You've heard of when um, a blood clot will travel to uh, usually your your pulmonary artery, which is the artery that comes out of the heart to go into the lung, the lungs to get more oxygen. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, so that's an emboli, any little bit, you can have fat emboli. So you can have chunks of fat break off and go places. They're not supposed to be. Um, and <laughs> that's what happened with my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have silicone emboli. And I got this information from the Journal of Plastic, Reconstructive, and Aesthetic Surgery, and also case the journal Case Reports in Medicine. So liquid silicone is a synthetic polymer incorporating oxygen and a semi-metallic element, silicon. It's widely used in plastic and reconstructive surgery as it displays little change in physical characteristics with temperature and age, so you don't see it breaking down. It is not is poorly immunogenic, so your body's not going to fight it when it's in you. Hmm. And it is not carcinogenic, so it doesn't cause cancer. Yay. For most... Sorry? Always a perk. Yeah, yeah, always a plus. For most of its legitimate medical uses, silicone should be sequestered from soft tissue. What does sequestered mean? Kept away. Thank you. So it should not be injected to float freely in soft tissue. It should be encapsulated, like silicone breast implants are oh, encased yeah. within a... Oh, I see. Yeah. If silicone-containing material is exposed to soft tissue, it will generate a fibroblastic response and gradually increase the local volume. So yes, you have cancers um, called fibroblastomas, which are essentially tumors that basically are nodules that kind of build on themselves. So basically what they're saying is if you put silicone freely in soft tissue your the rest of your like it will grow basically not mm. the silicone but you will have a fibrous response to that which will cause 
um, the local volume to swell. Silicone injections are therefore tempting to some patients seeking enhancement of the buttocks or breasts or lips, even when offered by unlicensed <laughs> practitioners. I'm sure the person you went to for your lips was licensed. Yes? Oh, fuck yeah. For the amount of money I paid. Jesus Christ. She <laughs> loved every second of that All stabbing right. in there. Great. But <laughs> a potential for adverse effects, including respiratory compromise, infection, and death, exists. I mean, with anything, but especially with this. <laughs> especially with the ass injection. Yes. The local effect of injected liquid silicone can include tissue necrosis, foreign body giant cell reactions, and infection. Several severe local reactions are common. So you see a lot um, with these injections. Um, necrosis, so parts basically where the injection happened, your skin dies. Nice. And that can spread, of course. Um, I've seen people who have literally lost both their legs from butt implants because really? the tissue has become infected Fuck. and necroticized and like all their, yeah, they just have to cut off the legs basically. <sighs> yeah. The silicone can migrate and collect in unwanted parts of the body. So you see like uh, with people who get very off market facial injections, you see a lot of times the silicone will kind of shift to different parts. And so they keep having to inject silicone around that to make it more of like a face shape again. I was thinking of having my jaw because I have the turkey neck. Yeah. Um, as my mum does. Thanks, mum. Although she gave me the ass. So I guess that's thank you now. Hmm. But I was going to have my jawline sculpted. Mm. Um, and you can do this with injectable fillers. Mm. And the lady, the lady actually said to me, because my bite is so hard, my jaw is so hard, mm. I would have to have um, Botox to break down those muscles to be able to have the injectables put in. Yeah. To have it filled out. So yeah. I can understand, like, if a cheap provider just filled it all out, mm. like, especially the cheeks and stuff. And that's even if you use silicone. Because mm. a lot of times these really back alley cheap providers... They won't use medical grade silicone. They'll use industrial grade silicone. They might use things that aren't even meant to be injected. Like I think somebody was using Fix-A-Flat, which is like kind of a rubber cement kind of thing um, in the States. Um, just oh. stuff that is not, somebody was injecting cooking oil. Like I saw about that guy. Yeah. So stuff that is not meant to go in the face, you know, and that's the danger with these providers is not only that do they not know what they're doing, but also they could be using anything, like literally anything. That's what beauty is about, though. Don't put it in your face, on your face, or smear it on your face. <laughs> but I look beautiful when I do it. Yes, exactly. But when we're talking, like, stuff like your lip injections, obviously, yeah, that silicone doesn't stay there. That's mm. why you have to keep getting lip injections, because it, it eventually kind of dissipates and goes, but it doesn't disappear no, well, the thing I had is do you, it aggravates the, the the whatevers in the lips, so it plumps them up. Yeah, you get the fibro yeah. response. Yeah. Um, but it does eventually kind of float away in your body. Mm. And the thing about silicone is it's too big to be excreted. It doesn't, it can't be excreted in the kidneys, I think, because it's too big for the filtration. So you kind of just have silicone in there, but the amount that you're injecting in your lips is infinitesimal compared to the amount that somebody is getting pumped into their ass. Yeah, when they have... this is like a mill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 
Silicone has been demonstrated in distant organs like the kidneys, liver, and in the lymphatic system following subcutaneous administrations suggesting an embolic phenomenon. So essentially, you have pieces of silicone breaking down and entering the bloodstream and traveling to all kinds of places that they shouldn't be. Um, and of course, when they get to the kidneys and liver, you can have a problem. But when silicone gets into the lungs and the, the brain, mm. that's when you start to see really fatal consequences. So most of the people that go to the hospital with this silicone emboli syndrome have respiratory problems. Uh, respiratory consequences of the silicone have been described as severe pulmonary toxicity, acute pneumonitis, so an inflammation of basically the lining of the lungs, acute respiratory distress syndrome, and pulmonary embolism, which I've mentioned is a blockage in that pulmonary artery of the lung, um, where the blood travels from the right ventricle of the heart to be oxygenated. This could result from inadvertent injection of silicone directly into a vein. Don't do that. Mm. Don't do that. Okay, so this is where we see why you need to go to a licensed provider. Because, yeah, you're not technically supposed to put your silicone directly into soft tissue, but that's way more preferable than putting it into your fucking vein. Mm. Because you're instead of waiting for the silicone to break down and enter your bloodstream and kill you, you're injecting it directly into the bloodstream to kill <laughs> Put you. Put it on the highway yeah. to the death. <laughs> exactly. Um, this could also be caused by increased tissue pressure at the injection site. So if you have a lot of inflammation, if they if you get your if your injection site becomes infected and it, it gets inflamed and there's a lot of pressure at the injection site, and from local massage or trauma at the site. So depending on what the what happened to you when you got it or if you haven't let it heal properly, or if the provider's like, let me give you a nice deep massage where I've just put the silicone in. It's just, it's going to go everywhere, and especially into your lungs. So this phenomenon is acute, with symptoms presenting within 72 hours after injection in most cases, and the risk appears to increase with higher doses of silicone. The pathologic findings on lung biopsy include alveolar hemorrhage. So the alveola in our lungs, of course, those little balls that basically their surface area is what where the kind of the oxygen and things get absorbed into the lungs. Mm -hmm. And they also contribute to the, the pressure, our respiratory pressure. So when those things get damaged from smoking, and et cetera, for example, that's why we have shortness of breath etc. because they don't work properly basically. Yeah. That surface area is gone, you're not getting as much oxygen absorbed. And when you breathe in, they kind of they cause that that pressure that brings air in and out basically. So these alveolos get damaged from the silicone. Um, and you get like deposits within these little alveola. Um, if you look at lungs these lungs on a CT scan you can, because I've looked at some of the CT scans and it looks like somebody with basically with pneumonia, hmm. you see um, the ground glass opacity that you'll see in CT scans. Like it's, you know, you're not supposed to have those little mm. white shreddy bits all through the lungs. Any shreddy bits in yeah, the lungs. Probably exactly. Exactly. And that's all that silicone in there. So the symptoms of silicone emboli syndrome include breathlessness, fever, cough and chest pain. 
And this can actually take a year or more to manifest. So, and you can, depending on the injection regime. So if you're continuously getting silicone injected, Mm -hmm. sometimes these symptoms can be chronic before they become really acute. So you can constantly have unexplained chest pain or unexplained breathlessness and a cough and not realize it's your silicone. Or if you go to the doctor and you're not telling them you're getting butt injections, they might just be like, oh, well, it's, you know, you got a cold or you got, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so this can go on for ages before you finally get this, you know, respiratory distress syndrome or something. And then, oh, yeah, here's why. Mm. These are your lungs. No. Yeah. Sometimes the emboli actually reach the brain. So they found in autopsy, they found silicone in the brain before. Mm. Little tiny, tiny bits. Um, And this, of course, causes altered consciousness and all kinds of neuro symptoms. And this is especially fatal. Once it's in the brain, that's it, baby. It's not meant to be in the brain. It's meant to be in the ass. Yeah. But some people, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm not going to make another head up their ass joke. (laughs) So who's at risk? SES, or silicone emboli syndrome, was first described in populations of transgender women who received serial injections for breast augmentation in the 1970s. Trans individuals are still major targets for back alley injection clinics. So this could be because they're, you know, they can't afford, you know, they feel so strongly that they need, their body needs to match, you know, who they are. Yeah. Their body needs to match who they are and they might not be able to do it the medical way. They might not be able to afford it. But that desperation of like, you know, I really, I want to look like what I'm supposed to look like and will drive them to, you know, yeah, to go to these providers that just, you know, and sometimes it's other, it's other transgendered individuals delivering it. It's not like there's, it's all people preying on. I've like, got to say, flat out, there needs to be more funding directed at mental health for transgendered individuals. Mm-hmm, definitely. Like when you look at suicide rates, morbidity, even you know things like dysmorphic issues. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a fucking boiling pot of of things that people need to be aware of. Well, yeah, and it just leads to people, you know, killing themselves by find not just through. Mm killing themselves but by finding you know by being driven to back alley providers to having like you know uh, plumping parties with their friends like where they Mm. all inject each other with silicone you know it's regardless of your opinion it's like the whole thing about abortion like if you criminalize abortion people are going to get dangerous abortions from unlicensed providers and die you know there needs to be more to prevent this kind of thing happening. But later on, you also see a lot of women, um, especially black women, um, getting uh, back alley butt injections as well. Celebrities like Kim Kardashian. And I, I put Kim Kardashian, but obviously there are many fine black female celebrities that Kim Kardashian basically copied her look from. Mm. I'm just saying Kim because she's the most mainstream probably. She's a notable ass. Yeah. I mean, you've got people like black China, you've got Cardi B, for example, you've got lots. It's just butts, man. Mm. People love butts. So body dysmorphia and the desire to be in the correct body can drive anyone to desperate measures. So literally anyone could be, you know, sucked in by, 
if you are a female and you, you know, you are concerned about the state of your body and don't want to pay $20,000. So the majority of adverse effects documented in both trans individuals and cis women can be categorized as embolic congestive pneumatitis and diffuse alveolar damage. So you pretty much see the same symptoms no matter who it is. While the exact mechanism of pulmonary pathology is unknown, several factors have been implicated, including large volume injections, high pressure infiltration, so people probably injecting too much too fast. Mm. Obviously, if you go to a, you know, when we're doing injectable medicine, do you have to, injectable and IVs, you have to think about the pressure, the volume, how quickly you're doing it. So you could sit there with an injection and rather than push it all in, I might sit there for five minutes with a t- with a syringe, just slowly injecting people yeah. because you'll injure the tissues otherwise. I've seen that with intramuscular injections when it's come to um, rapid tranquilization, mm-hmm. things like Acuphase and Haloperidol IM and mm-hmm. some of them are quite um, oil oily aren't they yeah. they're difficult to inject i've never had to do an injection i'm not I'm not qualified nurse but i've observed a lot yeah well think about silicone going in yeah and think about somebody just like ramming it in without considering mm. how long it will have to take too much too fast uh, particle migration and intravascular injections so people injecting into a vein instead of underneath the skin mm. While legitimate plastic surgeons rarely practice liquid silicone injections, there's a growing trend of illicit cosmetic surgery in the U.S. and abroad. These sessions often involve improper use of illegal substances under quasi-sterile conditions. The low cost of patients remains their paramount incentive, often to the detriment of their own health and safety. The article goes on to say that... Silicone embolized syndrome should be suspected in patients with a history of liquid silicone injections. Like I said, who's going to fucking admit it? You know, like, oh, yeah, by the way, doc, you already feel stupid going to the doctor, don't you? No matter yeah. what it is, you think, oh, my stupid life decisions have led to this moment. You're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I've been getting off brand butt injections. Of course, they might be able to tell. They would. I mean, everyone said. The amount of piercings I had when I was a teenager. I, I actually had my cheeks pierced. Yeah. Not my ass cheeks, but I, my face cheeks. <laughs> Did you get your ass pierced shut <laughs> so you didn't have to poop anymore? Were you that Rachel afraid of doesn't it? shit. Um, no, I had my cheeks pierced and... Yeah, they're horribly swollen. He just looked at me and went, well, what did you expect? I know. <laughs> I hate that. Or it's like when, you know, I get injections or my blood taken... And yeah, I don't, I'm not like, oh no, I'm not a big baby about it, but I might flinch a little bit. And they look at you when you've got so many tattoos. You've got tattoos and it's like, they're different. I chose to have those. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a different feeling anyway. Anyway, (laughs) even in the absence of pulmonary or neurologic complications, it's important to note that liquid silicone, once injected, cannot be completely removed ever. Injected sites will likely remain uneven and subject to future infection or inflammation. And that's the end of the article on a cheerful Happy note. Happy Christmas Yay. to you all. I I like big butts. I cannot lie. I like small butts. I like every butt. Butts are great. Butts are good for sitting. Butts are good for wearing jeans. Can't yeah. wear you can't wear jeans without some kind of butt. 
I feel bad for people with flat butts, Mm. but I'd never recommend to get surgery. No. Every cosmetic surgery has an inherent risk, even from licensed providers, but especially from unlicensed providers. And, you know, like, I've, I mean, my ass isn't going anywhere, but, you know, now it's a popular lusted after thing. You feel really fucking objectified when you've got a natural ass. And, you know, like, I've had a fair few comments about it because it is a natural ass. Mm-hmm. 90% of them are from me. Yes, obviously. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, I guess it's what you'd imagine it's like having big tits, which is something I'll never experience. No. Same. Um, I don't know what that's like at all. No, fuck. But yeah, anyway. Anyway, big butts are great, but don't try to, you know, unnaturally mm. get those padded underwears. Padded underwear. Oh, the ones with the silicone arms. With like a butt in it. Yeah. yeah. That's safe. I mean, get a fake butt. Oh, and think how squidgy. Oh, that'd be fucking amazing. I know. Like, yeah. Shall I buy one of those and see how large my ass looks Oh, then? my God. Yes, please. <gasps> oh, fuck. Do you remember seeing on Wish those um, camel toe silicone implant things? They're not implants, but they're like, they're an insert that you put into the crotch area that makes you look like you have puffy labia and camel toe. Why? I don't fucking know. Why would you get injections in your ass to make it look fatter? I did read about people getting silicone injections in their labia as well. We need to end this here. Yeah, I think so. We're going down a dark alley not to get butt injections, I hope. The dark alley is not the entrance to the badge. Or the butt. Yep. Um, That's where poop comes from. (laughs) Well done. Yay. Can I have my nursing degree now, please? (laughs) Please. So yeah, um, my tough question, and it's a pretty natural one for me because, you know, I'll I'll be honest, I'm frightened by the prospect of this whole fuckery that is COVID lasting mm-hmm. for more than like the rest of the year. But being realistic, I think this lockdown is going to be more than four weeks, mm-hmm. and I have I have a healthy degree of pessimism when it comes from anything from the government at the moment. How how would you feel if this lockdown lasts longer than four weeks? I loved the last lockdown because I wasn't working. Mm. I wasn't going to school. And so I could literally just exercise and do nothing all day. Because I didn't have... I didn't have the motivation or the energy or the concentration to create anything or to read. I still haven't read a fucking book since like the beginning of this year. I've read bits of a lot of books, but Mm. I haven't sat down and actually read a full book. I just, but this lockdown, kids are in school. I'm working. I am on my placement, Mm. you know, like nothing's different for me. So I'm like, (laughs) The only thing that's different is I can't go to certain shops and that makes me mad. Like I wasn't ever, I still haven't been to a restaurant or pub really, um, since lockdown. Mm. So that doesn't bother me. Um, I feel bad for everybody that people have small businesses and own their own restaurants and stuff that aren't, you know, that are just going to be screwed, I guess. I don't know, but I just, I'd feel fine because it's business as usual for me. Mm. Which might be selfish, but I'd feel okay. finer if I wasn't on placement. 
Yeah. 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 But yeah. I think I explained it earlier to um, the boyf. Like, uh, it's just the mental exhaustion. I feel like I've been on a hamster wheel hmm. for the last, well, since April. Um, yeah. And I think helping setting up NHS services and working in mental health and then sort of having to moderate your own mental health issues as well. And, you know, I've had some pretty heavy shit going on through lockdown, Mm. which we will speak about undoubtedly at some point. But, yeah, it's... I think it just feels like stealing yourself, especially when Mm. you're healthcare workers. And I think we've both got to pay testaments. We we set up this podcast during lockdown. Yeah. We're both students. We're both working in healthcare. Yep. And sometimes it's just recognising the fact that we are doing a fuckload at the moment Mm -hmm. and it's okay to feel tired and it's okay to feel emotional and I just feel fucked (laughs) yeah you know like I'll get back on it we'll get back on it just at the moment maybe not yeah definitely I love you oh I love you too (laughs) um my question is less serious and more about butts oh you fucking dickhead okay okay Mine's a two-parter, because the first one's going to be a really short answer, and you might not even answer it. When you wipe your ass, do you look at the toilet tissue? Yes. Okay. Some people don't, and I don't know how they function. Well, you need to know what's going on back there. I know! How do you know how many wipes if you don't look at it? Exactly. But some people don't. Oh. I know. Like a generic wipe. Well, they must do, like, a set number, or maybe they, like, just, like, think, okay, well... Maybe they know their own shit so well. I doubt it. Or maybe they have a poopy butt. Uh-huh. Oh, think of all the people you talk to in a day and how many of them have a poopy butt while you're talking to them. That's horrible. I know. Okay. Anyway, my real question is if you had all the money in the world for plastic surgery, what would you get done? Waddly neck. Okay. Um, I would then get my mother flap lifted yeah it's not huge but you know it's a um, tummy tuck definitely i'd love a tummy tuck yeah what else would i get done? and a breast lift i'd just get bigger tits oh see i don't want them bigger but i'd like them lifted up yeah i, I think we've probably got you know we've four children yeah singular thing i think that should be in the nhs once you have a kid or yeah just get an emotional if you have lift. several it's like an emotional lift. Yeah. Like, because they fucking drain everything from you exactly. when you're trying to make them. Then you they destroy get... your body mm-hmm. and your vagina. Mm-hmm. So it's like just give mama a little something back. Yeah. When you have a kid through the NHS, they should give you a voucher. In five years time or five years after you've had your last child, you go back and they give you a full tummy tuck, breast lift, sort and maybe, badge out. maybe a little bit of lipo. Yeah. If you want it. Get your nails done as well. Yeah. Get a new set of underwear. It would be good for the economy. Fuck yes, it would. I'd buy more clothes. I'd go out and enjoy myself more. Yeah. And my new body. Boris, I hope you're listening. Free tits for everyone, Boris. Yeah. Come on. Free tits. So, yeah, that's us for the week. That's us for this this episode. I hope you've enjoyed hearing me awkwardly talk about feces. This will never happen again. But, 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 but. But, but, bye. Bye. But.
Hey guys, uh, we love talking to you on the Life Until Death podcast, but we'd also love to hear from you too. Communication is a two-way street. So if you've got any tough questions that you want us to ask each other and make us feel uncomfortable, please send them in. Anything to do with mental health or death um, or whatever, really. Nothing uh, about sex lives or anything like that, guys, because my mom listens to this and she'll kick your ass online. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Don't be gross. Um, if you have any other uh, comments, questions, or criticisms about the things that we've talked about, or if there's something you really, really desperately want us to talk about, please, please tell us on our Facebook page, send us an email, you know, however you want to get in contact with us, please do so. Cause we would love to hear from you. Thanks.